Welcome to We Are Everyone, a video and podcast series powered by Pivotal Moments, and we focus on the intersection of mental wellness in the workforce. We bring together young professionals and mindful executive mentors to bridge the generational gap and bring to the surface conversations about the importance of mental wellness and how to overcome career tradition challenges. Mental wellness is paramount. Join us. Welcome to We Are Everyone, aka Mental Recess. I'm your host, Jen Sherman, and we have a really special guest on today uh, for season five. We have Libby Snyder. She is a, I guess you would say DMV, Bethesda, DC professional, just all of the things, powerful women, woman, um, and we're going to be talking about mental fitness, grit, resilience, kind of just overall strength and uh, going to have a really fun conversation today. But welcome, Libby. How are you on this? I guess you would say federal holiday President's Day. I'm fantastic. It's supposed to be 60 degrees outside today, so cannot wait to enjoy the weather. Um, but yeah, everything's great. Thanks for asking. How are you doing? Doing well. No complaints over here. No complaints. Uh, I guess it's nice that hopefully it doesn't get that cold again. I feel like now it's getting uh, darker out later in the day, which has been fabulous. Yeah, absolutely. So Libby, um, can we start off a little bit about telling the audience kind of a little about your background? You know, you're born and raised in the DMV and like we were probably always were like a mile apart from each other, even though we didn't meet until, uh, in our later years. Yeah, just kind of a little bit about your background and, uh, you know, how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. So, um, as you said, I'm from Bethesda, uh, you know, born and raised here. And then I went to University of Michigan for college. I majored in international studies and psychology, and I minored in Spanish. And then I didn't really know what I wanted to do after college, but I knew that I wanted to do something and give back to my community. So I interviewed with Teach for America, and then I got the position, and I uh, worked on the south side of Chicago teaching special education, um, high school math, uh, ninth grade, and um, that was incredible, um, an incredible experience, and I simultaneously got my master's on special education, and then um, unfortunately, like about a year into my service, I, um, you know, I had a sudden death in the family. And I came home and I was recruited <laughs> to work for Merrill Lynch. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was thinking about going to law school, taking the LSAT and then um, uh, happened to get, you know, interviewed. And then I like somehow randomly walked into, you know, working for Merrill Lynch. I, you know, I got the position I interviewed and then, you know, I've been a financial advisor for the past uh, four and a half years now. So that's a little bit about uh, my background. Well, so Libby, tell me a little bit more, because first off, uh, my ears perk up when I hear psychology because I'm like not by any means a licensed professional or have any um, certifications in that, but I just love to learn about, you know, the, the beautiful mind, if you will. So, you know, looking at your history of minoring in psychology, uh, then going for Teach to America and then getting your master's in special education. I mean, how is kind of all of that too? Like how have you, you know, you went through that journey and then now, you know, you're working um, as a financial advisor, which again has to do a lot with psychology, right? I mean, that's one of the most sensitive finance. So I'm curious, like how, you know, what fueled your passion towards like really focusing on special education and, you know, uh, special, I mean, well, 
education, special education, psychology, and then now leading up to, you know, financial, um, being a financial advisor? Yeah. Um, so psychology relates to every single line of business, in my opinion, you know, it's just understanding people, what makes them work, what makes them tick and really being able to connect and kind of like understanding like deeper issues. And that really played out, um, you know, when I was in teach for America, because as you can imagine, you know, I was the only white person in the room. Um, and so really having to connect with my students, I really learned how to be funny and how to develop those interpersonal relations, because you have to get kids to trust you before they care what you have to say. Um, and so that was really, really critical. Um, and um, I, before, when I was in college, I did a lot of um, intergroup relations, which is um, um, like facilitation and talking about like oppression and privilege. And so like I did a lot of work with race and ethnicity. And then from there, that's kind of how I found out about Teach for America. And then it's kind of the same passion, which is teaching people really complicated things, but making it really simple and bite-sized pieces as it relates to them. So like in Teach for America, you know, I taught algebra, I made everything in dollars and cents because of course that's what they pay for. Money is everything. In my role as a financial professional, I break things down into like how it makes sense, uh, you know, for clients, you know, talking about their goals and what's most important to them. So it's a very similar skill and sometimes understanding maybe what's not said and understanding those, um, those types of reactions. Um, and I also do a lot of work, um, you know, advocacy and financial literacy work with women. So I speak to a lot of different women's groups um, and, um, you know, some other nonprofits as well, um, because they tend to see that there is a lot of anxiety around money. And oftentimes, you know, it's it, financial literacy isn't taught in schools. And so it can be really scary, um, you know, for people to like ask these questions and have these classes. So I've been doing a lot of work with that recently. No, I love that. And actually here at Pivotal Moments, um, under the We Are Everyone uh, channel, we will be launching a show called Senses and Sense. I won't be the host, but we'll have a fabulous host um, to talk about, you know, some of these things around financial literacy, because psychology and finance, as we just spoke about, very sensitive, you know, it's kind of the taboo, right? Like that's one of the taboos is finance, like finances and also accessibility. I'm sure just kind of the uh, transition of going from Teach to America, then to working at Merrill Lynch within an area that is a bit more affluent. I mean, I'm sure it's like, it, it's one of those things where you don't learn that in, in high school or college. And then it's kind of like, you know, when, you know, they always say that in college, that's when those credit card companies are trying to give the credit card to the college kids. And they're like, oh, cool. We have like $10,000 to spend. They don't realize that if they spend that $10,000, there's a lot of interest and then they go into debt. It's just like, how, how are you supposed to know those things if you don't seek out those resources or they're provided to you? Right. Exactly. I mean, I just think that, and sorry, I'm sure you can hear this. I'm having some construction done on my home. No, it's okay. Um, but, our engineer will hopefully be able to, you know, take all that out, take all the background okay. noise out. It's all good. Yeah. I mean, I personally think that it is completely financially irresponsible to let an 18 year old take on $200,000 in debt at six to 7% interest and not require them to take a class or understand like, what does this mean for me? And how is this going to impact my future? Am I going to be having to make payments, you know, through my fifties or what is principal? What is interest, you know? And so I just think 
um, you know, we need to be talking about it more as a society. And unfortunately, you know, and I have my own views on the education system, but I think our education system works if you have parents at home that are willing to read to you, because as you know, there are studies that show the number of books in your house directly relates to like your SAT scores. And so if you don't have someone at home that's talking to you about these things, even finance, you know, or like, what is a credit card? What, what is a budget? If I give a hundred dollars, you know, what does that mean? I can spend, you know, taxes, all of that stuff. And so none of that is really talked about. And so I think it's really critical that we have these conversations and, you know, even in mentorship, you know, when you do have a mentor, like that should definitely be something that is, is spoken about. And, um, you know, education is critical. Education is empowerment. And that's why I'm so focused and why I've been so focused on education, you know, throughout my career, just in different ways. No, I mean, frankly, I, I love that synergy and also kind of, it's kind of one of those things, you know, I don't know when you feel, I hate to age us, but you know, we're in our twenties and it's like twenties are for us to kind of discover in my opinion, like what our superpowers are and like honing them in. And then like, when we get older, like thinking about all those ways you want to give back, like you started off really giving back, but then had to like kind of move on to a different phase in your life. And I feel like then when you get older and older, that's when you can just kind of, I call it like a barrel of wisdom. And the more wisdom that we can conjure up, then we can start to really give back, right? So I love that idea of like, it's just different types of education at different phases in your life. And to your point, I mean, I remember the only way, the only reason why, the way that I really had uh, my, my relationship with finances form was, you know, when I was little and while I didn't necessarily have books lying around that um, I was reading, but I would just sit in my mom's office all the time as she was balancing a checkbook. And she would just kind of, as she was doing it, just kind of giving me these one-liners of stuff. And I was just soaking up that information, not sure when or when, how that was going to be applied. But I think to your point, it's like these banks and again, this is not, a, this is just kind of from my experience, like just in America or whatever, there is so much access to capital in some regards, but banks will kind of give you, you know, they'll give you a loan, but then you don't necessarily know the consequences of what that loan looks like. So let's just say you do decide to get a loan for $200,000 for school. And then later on, and maybe that, that money that you're paying a month for that loan could be just as much as like a car, a car payment, which is not a ton, right? Like every day, having said that, how will that loan then impact if you want to buy a house, if you want to do this, if you want to do that, they don't necessarily don't think that far ahead sometimes when you're just like in the throes of, I need to get into school and I want to go to this school and I have no other means of paying for it than to get a loan. Right. So it's just interesting. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's because, I mean, you're 18 years old, like you can't even drink alcohol, you know, like, you know, how are you supposed to think for yourself? You know, our brains don't fully develop back to psychology, you know, until we're eight, 28, 29 years old. And so it's like, you know, where does the responsibility come in? And that's just so critical. Um, and, and, you know, I wouldn't expect an 18 year old to figure that out, but at the same time you're co-signing for, you know, what some people could consider a mortgage, you know? So it is important to understand that. And, you know, the potential implications and consequences, because it is going to be affecting you uh, for the rest of your life. 110%. Well, I've always said you feel like a very wise old soul to me as I've had my conversations to you. So I'm kind of curious, you know, one thing we talk about a lot at uh, Pivotal Moments Media is mental fitness and mental fitness in the, in the, I know that what meant the word fitness sometimes can be a trigger, can be, you know, depending on who you're talking to, right? Because it's kind of intense fitness, you have to work out, but it's, at, at pinnacle moments, that's not the, the connotation around fitness. It's 
we really like to talk about being proactive about mental health than reactive. Sometimes the only way about being proactive is that once you're reactive, once your brain changes and things change in environment, but it's, it's understanding that mental fitness is a continuum and it does change, but I'm kind of curious, Libby, because it sounds like, you know, for you, you know, you're, you know, your journey so far has been, um, you know, you've had some sudden changes and you've had to pivot. Uh, and I'm curious, like how kind of you've been able to maintain your mental fitness and then also, you know, what does mental fitness mean to you? Yeah, those are great questions. Um, I am, I just think like horrible things happen to people all of the time. And it's really our response to think like we can't, we can never control those things. It's really our response and our ability to adapt and change and be the best versions of ourselves um, is what really, I guess I would describe as like being is in being in the environment. So like mental fitness is doing what you need to do and putting yourself first. Um, I, as I said, like I talked to a lot of women's empowerment groups and I just think if you don't, and this is not in a selfish way, but this isn't a way of like, I know what's best for me and I need to do what's best for me because if I don't no one else is going to do that. Um, and so I guess, so that's what I, you know, that's kind of how I have been able to get through these things and just being positive in general, if you're not positive, you know, so many bad things happen, And if you choose to be negative and if you choose to be a victim, um, then that's going to affect your mindset. I mean, unfortunately, you know, I think that everything happens for a reason and, and we don't always understand like why things are going to happen the way they are, but they all unfold and we may not understand it now, but looking backwards, we do. Um, so I guess mental fitness for me is just like doing what I need to do to make sure that, um, I can get done what's most important to me and like prioritizing those things. Cause we can't be all things to all people and just figuring out what we want to do and then, um, and then doing them. So we were saying that in regards to kind of like your circle of influence and being able to work with people or just even have people in your circle who you can set up for success versus like not right. Like that's the whole idea with like the whole boundaries and perspective and kind of knowing that versus, you know, not being able to give everything to everyone. So I'm just curious kind of like how you not evaluate, but I guess evaluate on a daily basis and like when you're working and also in your personal life, like how you can disseminate between, I don't even know if disseminate is the right word here, but how you can like decide who, what, where, who kind of aligns with your values and all of that jazz since you are de dealing with sensitive subjects. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I think it just depends. So like, I feel like that's where like psychology comes into play and just really getting to know people. Um, and part of, you know, my personality is just like very um, blunt for lack of a better word. Like I kind of just skip the small talk and get right into it. Uh, Cause I really want to get to know people and what drives them and what's most important to them and really what are their values. And like, maybe we have the same, maybe we don't, but I still think that's a learning opportunity. So um, I think just, you know, and, you know, it's funny because growing up my, I would always, my favorite word was why, you know, I would always ask that my parents would be like enough, 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 like stop asking why. But now I'm evaluated in my profession as like asking the tough questions, asking these hard questions. So it's like really perfect for my personality because I get to do what I love. And so that, I guess just really getting to know people and figuring out, you know, what makes the most sense. But at the end of the day, you know, 
I'm extremely, you know, motivated and ambitious. And so just trying to figure out, you know, how I, you know, how I can get there, um, you know, by just meeting different people and um, getting to know what's most important to them. I love that. I think I used to say why all the time too, like (laughs) why? And then I'm pretty sure I would piss off a lot of people. I'm like, but seriously, why? Right. Like why? Yeah. I'm curious. Like, you know, I understand that we're doing this. And then even now I'm just like, I feel like when I'm walking around I feel it's like an all, you know, it's like, it's kind of, I'm like that nice force of nature. Like I, I put it on with a smile, you know, but like, it's like that fierce sassiness that comes out, but like, but I'm smiling and I'm nice while doing it, which I feel exactly. like, yeah. So I love it. So, you know, kind of looking at like, you know, your circle of influence and kind of like, kind of sensitivities around that. It's kind of, how do you, how do you kind of go throughout your day practicing mental fitness? and understanding with the continuum, like I understand you, you answered a little bit, but like, I think more so like, I always like to say, you know, while it might not be singing in the shower or, you know, working out walking, but like, is there anything outside of like, just kind of the typical things that, uh, not everyone would say is the answer as they do breathing exercises, but like kind of outside of that, that, you know, you practice, Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, for mental fitness, like I need at least 30 to an hour minutes of like time to myself. Um, and what that means to me is like working out. I do have a Peloton, so I use that a lot. And it's so, it's so crazy because the coaches, I feel like I have my own personal coach, but they like really help me like get outside of myself, get out of work and just really, um, and they're so positive. Like I genuinely think that like having Peloton makes me a happier person. Um, other things that I do, you know, I do have a journal, um, and I do like think about things that I'm grateful for. And, um, I just really surround myself with people who are positive, um, and want to see the best for me and vice versa. And so that kind of support system from a friend, family, uh, perspective, you know, we all have choices who we want to spend our time with and, you know, if you're working professional and you want to work out, like your time is, and you have a family, like your time is limited. And so just choosing to be with people who, um, you know, make you better and want to see the the best version of yourself. So I guess that's kind of what I would say. I don't know if it's different than anyone else, but I guess everyone needs to just find, you know, what is going to give them kind of that space to, uh, you know, separate themselves, you know, from work. Cause especially working from home, that can be really, really, you know, tough if, you know, you're just in front of the computer all day. Yeah, like front of the computer, like five days a week. I mean, my Peloton's staring at me all the time when I'm, I mean, I feel you on that. Like, I'm like, this just makes me really happy. Like, I really like the instructors. I, and I personally think mostly all the instructors, I mean, I don't say I take all of them, but all of them have such different personalities. And you're like, oh, I'm in the mood for this today. Or I'm in the mood for that today. Or I'm in the mood for this. And it's like, it's really nice. And also like the vulnerability that I think the instructors have as well, that it's not like all perfect and whatever, like they also go through struggles and challenges. And I just think that like, that's okay. Like it's okay to be feeling not great one day. Like just cause you wake up yes. one day and you feel great. And then the next day it's like, I'm not in a really good mood that day. Now, having said that, like, you don't have to like lean in and be like, oh, like maybe you can get in a better mood in the second half of the day, but if you don't, you don't. And that's also okay. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, I want to leave this one today a little short and sweet since it is a federal holiday and I'm sure you have things that you need to do, but I love that you came on and shared your little bits of wisdom. I would love to do a round table with you, um, potentially with some other women and we can talk or men, you know, we can talk, um, (laughs) 
uh, <laughs> both, but we could just kind of talk a bit more. Yeah, no, we're we're diverse here at uh, Pitiful Moments Media, but um, uh, I think that there's some great conversations and continuing on of the points that you made today. But I guess I was just wondering to leave the audience, like, is there any piece of advice, um, unsolicited? You know, I know this is not coming from a licensed professional um, that you would have to tell our our audience of how to strengthen their mental fitness or anything else you want to leave with them today. Yeah, um, I I think um, in terms of advice, I would just say find what's most important to you and what makes you happy. Um, and then, you know, reading is really, you know, I sometimes, you know, read different types of books that can kind of get me out of, you know, what I'm thinking and then journaling. Um, you know, if you don't feel like you naturally have a positive mindset, um, you know, there's a lot to be grateful for, whether that be volunteering or really putting yourself kind of like what I did in Teach for America um, into the shoes of others and re- recognizing that, you know what, not everyone has a winter coat, not everyone has, um, you know, a meal. So I guess what I would just say is if you don't naturally have a positive mindset, um, maybe just journaling, you know, what's one thing that you're grateful for or one thing, um, just to kind of get that gratitude. Um, and just, you know, whether it be working out, hanging out with friends, just surround yourself with people who really, uh, want to see the best for you because being in a global pandemic and kind of this work from home environment can be really, really challenging. So. 100%. No, I love that. And also just like, I think perspective here is really key. If I would say is one of my key takeaways where it's like, you can put yourself in the most important part about life is like getting outside of your bubble and putting yourself in other people's shoes to really understand, like, and I'm not saying we can solve world hunger or solve whatever. That's like a huge take, huge responsibility to take on, but it's all about really like, how can we be impacting, positively impacting other people's lives that could be outside of our own, you know, ecosystem of what we know. So I love that. And thank you so much, Libby. Um, I'm really excited to release this interview. It's actually be releasing pretty soon. So um, we will catch you next time though. And uh, anything else? That's it. Thank you so (laughs) Thank you so much, Jen. I love this stuff. And we will catch you next time. Thank you for everyone for tuning in to Mental Recess. Um, This has been a fun mental recess that we've had today and we will catch you next time. Thanks. Thank you for tuning into another episode of We Are Everyone. You can subscribe to We Are Everyone on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and also be sure to visit www.pivotalmoments.org to learn more about the organization. And we also want to hear what mental wellness means to you. So you can follow us on social media, submit your video, and uh, we will catch you next time. Thank you so much.